the least is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Mumble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. On the hard drive. Welcome back. Guys and girls, it's another episode of the Houston Dynapod podcast, and I am joined. You know him, you love him, you listen to him. His opinion is usually accurate, which is not true about me at all. The Professor Sean Ringrose from Generation Orange. What's up, Sean? What's up, everybody? I mean, you know, accurate, unless I'm talking about Sebas Ferreira, and then I clearly have no idea what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. I want to I want to hear what you're what you're thinking, because I've seen what everybody out there is thinking and it's i want to see if it matches because it doesn't i don't think it matches with what i'm thinking and i think there's a lot of us that anyway we'll get to it there we go i'm already getting off topic sean would you like to do your plug you want to do at the end Uh, i'll do a plug i'll do a plug uh make sure you guys tune in to oh whose show am i going to plug this week because it's not gonna be my own uh make sure you guys check out dynamo fan tv at dynamo fan tv on twitter these guys are awesome love them you know i uh I didn't even know they were a podcast until about six days ago. Yeah, I've, I've seen I've them for a while. <laughs> I've seen them on Twitter. Yep. Uh, but then, like, they started interacting with either me or somebody, and I started exploring more. And it turns out they have a podcast. Yep. Which is which is great. Now, prior to the show, I was on Twitter, and to my trending hashtag, for some reason, Twitter shows you what hashtags are popular. Yep. And if you haven't seen the hashtag. For the Nigeria and Ghana game, go go look it up. Just go to Google, type in Nigeria Ghana hashtag, or or imagine the worst possible word you could spell using only three letters from each of those countries. And that is the hashtag. How did how did that get through? How did they let that happen? I mean, Don't. it's you know different cultures. It's a different situation over there, you know. But I mean, it's on like American Twitter, and we are. Uh, sure and people are you know probably using it as it's the kind of the common you know the common way to do that is put those two first three letters of both teams together like people together like people that don't know how to act on a train in east st louis yeah definitely a bitcoin bros yeah those guys yeah those guys (laughs) so yeah that that uh it made my it kind of made me chuckle but i also was like wait a minute this this shouldn't be happening at all you know, you'd think somebody would have reported it by now. Did you see uh, the Nigeria supporters, how they acted when Nigeria was eliminated? No, I did not. They stormed the field and proceeded to throw water bottles down the tunnel as their club left or as their, their nation, national team left. So if you think that we're harsh, you know, oh, my God. I mean, we're so you think that we're harsh. Just don't go to South America. That's all I'm saying. Well, Colombia's goalkeeper, right? Yep. What the fuck is wrong with people? Like, it's a game. I mean, we love it and we care about it. We support it. We spend our money on it. We bitch about it. But it's a game. It's not worth killing anybody over. No, for sure. For I mean, there's, sure. there's a lot better reasons to kill someone than a, a soccer game. So we are at the first international break. We have one win, two draws, and one loss. What's our goal difference? So is it zero? Uh, goal differential? Yeah, is it, is, it, is it zero? No, I think we're positive. I'm pretty sure we're positive. 
Are you sure we lost by one? We won one by one, didn't we? It's got it's zero. It's got to be right. I still think it's plus one. I don't but know. You might be right. I don't know. I don't remember. Somebody's right. So thus far, what we've seen, starting with the hiring of Paulo Nagamora. Let's All right, it is look. zero. You were correct. I just looked it up. Is it zero? Oh, yeah. I, I finally got I'll one right over Sean. He kicks my ass on Wordle, though. So <laughs> look at, looking at our club from the point of Paulo Nagamora joining mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to right now, if you had to give our us a, cl- a rating, a grade from A to F, and you can use D's and minuses and pluses. <laughs> what, uh, which blows my mind, Texas isn't D between A and F. Yeah, but so is E. So we is E. We don't we don't use that one. So we're okay, gonna skip. But what, uh, so A A through D and F. Is yes, what you're really saying. Okay. Yes. So the first, yeah, yeah, five of the first six letters. Yes. What, what grade would you give us so far? Well, let me ask you a serious question. Am I judging the entirety of the club or am I judging the team? Oh, that's a good point. Let's, show, let's, let's, let's do the team first. Okay. So just the team. And another question. This clarifications are important here. Are we talking player personnel? Are we talking tactical approach and coaching personnel? Are we talking moves that have been made go, so far? We're going to go overall. Overall. The team, okay. And All then- right. Overall, as a club, to include community involvement in the dash. Okay. All right. So we're going to start with our club, our one and only club, Houston Dynamo first. Sean, overall. 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 Uh, you know, I, I'd give it a, a, a B plus, A minus, right around there. Hmm. You know, an 88 to 92, right in that, right in that range. What's the, uh, What's the thing that would push it from a B plus to an A minus? Like if you had to pick one thing that just completely changed the way you think about this team, what is it? What would what what would take it or what? what no, what has, what has what oh, has Hector Herrera, you to, Hector okay. Herrera uh, being you know being officially announced? That's that's the answer I was looking for. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Overall, for me, I'm gonna go B minus. That's a fair assessment. I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I feel pretty content. It's Hector's not here yet, and we know he's going to be here. Sure, sure. But there's been a few things that we saw we didn't like, like the first two lineups. But Coco was injured, and Quintero was, I don't know, getting to fitness again. Sure. I would say B minus, but sure. I mean, it's definitely a B in that it's in the Bs. I think for sure for me. That's fair. That's fair. I don't think that's unfair. I would argue that. To some extent, from a team perspective, you have to give credit for the significant improvement on the defensive side. That has been uh, big. Over, over last season. And, I mean, that obviously is, is taken into account and factored in with your, your rating because there's no way in hell you were any higher than a C or a D last year. No. Uh, last year? Any higher all? than. Any higher than. <laughs> yeah. So, last overall, year, last year? Oh, I, I would give us a D. Yeah. The only good uh, things we did last year were – Teenage Debbie, Poco, and ownership change, but that's, you know, yeah, I would say D. Yeah. Yeah. When we were last, you could easily say F, I think, but uh, there were some, there were some good things done that have carried over. I also think that you probably aren't factoring in the multiple moves that have been made to bring in prospects at the academy level. Like Brooklyn Reigns. 
Brooklyn Reigns and uh, the guy uh, Vasquez, I think, who came from New York uh, from their academy system, who's a, a goalkeeper. Uh, and, you know, players like that, and and trust me, that's not where they're stopping. They're going to bring in more like that, and they're dipping into these players that have significantly high ceilings and have strong, you know, potential to be very good players. And they're trying to leverage that to create this homegrown system that has been missing, trying to, you know, build into the overall of the academy system and prop that up for how long it has struggled and, and, you know, not been there. And, you know, I don't think that we can fully understand or even fully appreciate what that really means to this organization right now, even from just a team perspective. But what those was types it? of moves are the undersold moves that just don't get talked about very much. Well, what was that thing, that graphic where it was most U-17s attending something? with the Attending youth team. camps or something like that. Yeah, and youth, we were, we were number two or three. Yeah, yeah. We've made tremendous strides. Don't get me wrong. We have a very deep uh, overall academy system right now, but that's kids that we're talking are, you know, 13, 12, you know, 15 at the oldest in some cases, you know, yeah, you can sign them, but they're probably not yet ready to really start a match in MLS play. Um, you know, so there's still a few years out for some of those players. You know, if you look at the academy players of the last two or three seasons, we're talking about guys like Palomino. We're talking yeah. about guys like Danny Rios and, and Juan Castilla, uh, you know, and, and there have been others as well. But those are the three that really stand out. Eric McHugh, I guess, although he amounted to literally nothing for us. He's, isn't he gone? He is gone. Um, yeah. That's why I said he amounted to literally nothing for us. Um, but, you know, you have to take a look at that and you have to see where we were and where we've been heading for so long under the previous regime and where we're heading now. And academy is not something that you just overnight flip the fortunes of. It's something that takes time and it takes investment and it takes effort. And, you know, there has been significant and substantial improvement in the investment prior to even Ted getting here. But once Ted got here, it was, you know, it's been very clear that he's investing more in it than he, you know, than, than the prior regime was not that that's a shocker, but yeah, uh, you know, it, it is just, it's all. also not something that pays, you know, pays back, uh, you know, very quickly. It's something that does take time to, to get your return on your investment. And I think Ted knows that that's honestly, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, sincerely believe that Ted is now in this for the long haul. I thought when he got here, you know, from kind of the outside looking in perspective, that he was just buying into the team as an owner, you know, as a majority owner, he was going to try to prop the team up. He was going to try to help the team get to the next level. And then after the world cup, he was going to sell it off for whatever he could get for it, you know, trying to leverage that, you know, boom mentality on the, the world cup boom. That's going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, he, he could still do that. It doesn't, it seems like he is. He, he could. A, a foundation. He could. Yeah, he could, but because he's focused so much on these long-term payouts, to me, that is, these are not two-year payouts or you know four-year payout type things. These are you know these are really yeah two-year payouts. These are these are payouts that he's looking at as you know six, seven, eight years down the road. And that's an owner to me that's committed to the franchise beyond his you know beyond the World Cup. Um, this is an owner that that I genuinely believe at this point, kind of from the outside looking in, he understands that he has taken over a franchise that can truly be a big franchise in this 
you know, in, in major league soccer in, in, the, in the Ameri- world, America, in the American market and the global, yeah, the global yeah, we, stage. We could be a, a global force. I mean, we, we've been talked about now during UEFA champions leagues game. Yeah. We, we were talked about during the Mexico U S match. And that yeah, it was one of the things he said was um, eventually the world, I believe is what he said in one of his interviews. Yep. Yep. And now, so since you've given your explanation of why you've chosen the grade for the organization, mm-hmm. what are you giving the grade for, for Ted and the organization as a whole, the FO and all that? I, I'm going to stick with roughly an A minus to a B plus somewhere in that range. Um, I think there's still a few things that could be improved, but I think overall you look at all of the moves, uh, you know, and, and we've hit on some of them that don't even necessarily directly impact the team, but still have an impact on the team. Um, you look at the Dash organization and, and signing Maria Sanchez, and they've now brought back Ali Prisak, who was uh, playing overseas. Um, there's just a lot of moves from the Dash perspective that they made this offseason. There's investment happening over there. Uh, I, you know, even though you can't pin it necessarily in the front office, there's been engagement with the surge. And now that they're an official dash supporters group and have allied with and, and partnered with, uh, Bayou city Republic for the dash side, that's huge. Um, it definitely amplifies the supporter level, uh, of that, uh, uh, of the dash. Um, and, and just, I think across the board, you look at, you know, dynamo two or, you know, Dynados, whatever you want to call it. First, first match was a win. Palomino played huge. Um, you know, you have other players that are coming in and coming through that, like we talked about the Brooklyn Reigns move and, um, and the other move that they made uh, getting Vasquez. And there's other moves that I guarantee you are in the works and probably not going to be done until summer or later, but more moves like that. Um, you know, I, I really have to say that Ted has bought into Pat's whole kind of holistic approach that this is not just a, there's a reason why Pat's presentation was over a hundred slides, right? Because that's how much work needed to be done. That's how many things needed better investment. Um, and, you know, there's an area that we haven't even really begun to understand the impact of, nor I don't, I don't think we're going to for a while, is the scouting, having actual scouts that are paid scouts, full-time scouts for this organization. Yeah, I, I think I'm actually going to give the organization and Ted a higher grade Ooh. than the club. Sure, sure. I would give them a B plus. All right. Um, part of me wants to say a minus because he's done things like the standing room in the supporter section, closing off the bar, community outreach events, round table talks. There's, there's so much more that he's doing to bring in new people. And that's what we need. Like as a club, you know, owning a soccer club, supporting a soccer club is like, is like being part of a country. It's like being part of an army. Yep. The more people you have, the bigger you are. And when he said we have the chance to be one of the top clubs in the world, like me, I was like, shut the fuck up. You're supposed to say that. However, it's not likely, but it's possible. You you never know what MLS is really going to evolve into, especially with uh, our biggest sport here is it's football. And I think we're NASCAR, but I don't count that. We're never getting those fans. You know, guys, I don't think we want them. You don't want the, the infield NASCAR RV people. I mean, I just don't let, went, don't let Kenny hear you say that. Kenny's a huge I, I, NASCAR fan. Kenny Bundy? No, not Kenny Bundy. Kenny? A, Ken, Kenny. Everybody knows Kenny. You don't know Kenny, but everybody Kenny, else knows Kenny. Kenny Kapner. Yep. That'd be the guy. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, no, I am not a big NASCAR fan. I stopped watching when Dale, when Dale died. I remember where I was. I was eating breakfast in college. It's a fucking sad day. And now I forgot entirely what I was saying. 
<laughs> Fox, you do this on, you do this on purpose. Succeeded. He's like, I'm going to get him to talk less and I'm going to fucking throw him off. No, I got oh. you to talk more. I just got you to talk random stuff that has nothing to do with the topic we're talking about. It's true. He's the puppet master. He is Geppetto. Sorry, um, I'm always pulling the strings. Don't you forget it either. But yeah, we uh, we, we could be one of the, the biggest clubs in the world. And I was talking about uh, NASCAR races and infield what? RV people. I got to ask this. What's your measurement for biggest club in the world? Like, or, or you know, top 50 club in the world. What's your um, measurement for oh that? Is God. it is it success well, domestically? Is it international success? Is it notoriety, you know, publicity, notoriety, being known, uh, you know, marketing? Is it player? I, I would say for me to be the biggest club in the world, you have to make the most money because then you have the most, not, not the richest owner. Like you gross, your gross income from your sales and your tickets and your oh, merchandise puts you as tough. number one. Man, for me, it does. My, you know, my tough. son asked me, he asked me the other day, he goes, Dad, who is the biggest club in the world? And at first I said, I said Real Madrid, then I said, or Barca, then I said, no, Manchester United. Man United are the biggest club in the world because they have so many people here that know nothing about soccer that like Man United because they know the name, right? Yeah, that's definitely one way to approach it. I, well, I mean, how would so, you rate it? Because we can't, the international, the competition, international, the, the club competitions are limited. They are, playing. they are. European teams. I, I think there are multiple metrics. There's, you know, fan recognition, um, you know, or, or general public consensus and recognition. I think there is something to be said for the, you know, profit margins of a team. I think there's something to be said for the amount of transfer activity and the amount of transfer, you know, budget being used or being spent. Um, I think there's something to be said for also the wage and the payrolls. Um, but I think like three out of those four things, right. Those are all limited by MLS's structure. I hate and it. So, you know, we could be the biggest club it, club in the world in certain areas, but we're going to be hamstrung by what MLS dictates is how they operate. So that's why I asked that question, because I think it's a very fine line to talk about, you know, the Dynamo actually do have to some level, uh, you know, some existing global recognition. And it's not just from the Hector Herr or signing um, or any of the other, you know, rumored players that are out there. Uh, but, they, you know, some of it comes from just the fact that we made, you know, won MLS Cup those first two years and made it into CONCACAF Champions League those first two seasons in Houston. And, and that was a big deal. And we played against one of the biggest Liga MX clubs at the time uh, in, in terms of Pachuca. Um, and so, you, you know, th there's a recognition globally that a lot of people don't understand exists for the Dynamo brand, at least the general brand. Um, but you know, I, I would say that it's been long enough that that, that is starting to taper off a little bit. And so even though the recognition might be there and, and some fans, you know, not fans, but you know, some people, the general public in certain areas of the world might understand and recognize when you say the Houston dynamo, I think there is some, you know, a bit of a, a you know, there's a bit of a, a hill to climb in that arena and that, you know, we need to have some domestic you know, domestic success that translates into international success at some level, whether that's players that are going off and, and starting and, and, and featuring for their national teams, um, you know, in Europe and South America, um, you know, Canada, uh, Mexico, even, you know, or, or that's, you know, uh, players that are going off in international competitions and, and doing well, you know, that are not the national team competitions, but, you know, off with other clubs doing well with other clubs internationally going off to Europe, um, you know, trust me, you know, a lot of a lot of European, you know, individuals know who 
uh, FC Dallas is because of that connection with Bayern Munich. A lot of, you know, a lot of uh, international individuals know who, New York Red Bulls, you know, yeah, know who New York City. Red Bulls and Philadelphia yeah. Union because of Brendan Aronson. And, you know, the, the list goes on and on there. And, uh, you know, but then you have on the flip side of that, you have your LA Galaxy where they're not transferring players out, but their recognition comes from other reasons because yeah, of LA. players they have brought in. Yeah, they're in well, that and they're in Los Angeles. Everybody knows. LA. And they're in L.A. But, you know, so I, I just wanted to make sure because it's such a difference between, you know, L.A., you know, exactly that. It's, there's a huge difference between the L.A. Galaxy and New York City FC kind of mold versus more of the New York Red Bulls and the Philadelphia Union mold uh, in terms of just recognition, you know, globally and, and that sort of thing. So, so really, I mean, so- to be fair, Tot- Tottenham Hotspur have a tremendous global reputation. Yep. And, you know, they're they're understood and recognized, you know, globally. It is something that exists. And, and, you know, and depending on the part of the world we're talking about, I mean, obviously, South Korea, one of the biggest clubs in South Korea. Well, the reason for that is Hong Song. You know, there's yeah. no question that Sunny is the reason. But, you know, you go to other parts of the world and they're, you know, the, the casual, you know, individual in that part of the world may have no idea who Tottenham is because they don't have a player that has ever come to play for Tottenham, you know, there's that kind of thing too. So there's tons that's, of, that's such good business, you know, using, well, this is this country's star player. So by signing yeah. him, we will gain every soccer fan in that country pretty much. So it's Tottenham are about to do that, right? Because they're going to re-sign Bale. So the best Wales player in how long <sighs> they're going to, they're going to re-sign, uh, I know they're going to re-sign uh, <sighs> uh, Erickson, Christian Erickson. Guys, this Erickson is now a Tottenham is the biggest podcast. Denmark player. We just uh, changed they're gonna to Tottenham. Go Hotspur. sign Paula Dybala. Uh, you know, they're going to go sign Adame Traore. <laughs> so, uh, I hope they don't sign any of them. I would, I would be okay with Bale coming back. I want Bale. I honestly want Erickson mostly just uh, yeah, because him, he's not going to be, gonna be a, he's not going to be a huge contract and he's the type of player that, you know, every once in a while can give you that shining moment at a midfield. And he's let's like be honest, you sign too. You, you, yeah. And you sign Christian Erickson, even with his health concerns, I guarantee you that's the linchpin that keeps Kane around. Kane well, that, wants to win with that. Erickson. All right, we have well, to move yeah, on from Tottenham. Too, but... We have to move on from Tottenham. We no, we really don't. Losing listeners, we really don't. <laughs> so while while we were ch- while we were yammering, uh, Rudy was invited to the show tonight. Shout out to Rudy again. And uh, I just got, had a message on Twitter, and he explained why he couldn't be here. His wife sent him to fetch food, which actually allows me to segue into topic number six, which is Chris Rock and Will Smith. We're going to come back, and I'll tell oh, okay, I was going to say you skipped the topic, but all right, I know cool. I'll tell my cool. story about taking shrimps. Cool. Um, so. I know you've all seen it. Chris Rock got smacked, got the shit smacked out of him by Will Smith because Chris made a joke about Jada's wife, about Will's wife. Or I mean, Jada might have a wife, Jada's too, wife. Based, upon, based upon what, what we Whoa. know about her from Whoa. the tabloids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, when it comes to her, I think, I mean, I don't know her as a person, but from what I've read, she seems like a massive piece of shit. And I think that she 100%, and this is, I mean, I, mean, I don't know, this might be, insensitive it's i think she she definitely like not because of her health condition just as a person like she cheated on will smith then he stayed with her and he got up and fucking smacked this dude for her because of her like to me she has him just manipulated and wrapped around her finger and i've been in love but i don't think not not like fucking controlled like that you know it's just uh it's a i feel bad for chris and will in the situation will's wrong 
Chris is, didn't didn't do anything wrong. That's joke. not true at all. Well, when the guy comes out and even says this was definitely like he even said, I definitely did not know and I should not have gone there. I mean, the dude admitted that it was not in in good taste. That's my frustration with all of this is that because of what happened, so much of it got deflected to Will. Did, did he write the s- joke? Did that was that revealed? Oh, yeah, he definitely wrote the joke. This was not one that was prepared for him. This was def- I mean, so they did the same joke. Here's the here's the kicker of all this. They did the same joke at the rehearsal and Will didn't have a problem with it. That's and, the thing. This is. Yeah. And was so, she there was I mean, Was she there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was there. But I think par- I think part of it was there was also an expectation that he wasn't going to use that joke in the actual live show. I think he you know, there was an assumption that that was just because they were all chilling around for rehearsal and it was no big deal. Um, but I, you know, I will say that, you know, in Will's defense, I, I there's a moment that he's laughing at that joke and, you know, it, it, like right after, after and then you said, see her face and then and you, you see, see her, her face, face and then they cut away. They should have never cut away. They should have stayed on that. They should have let us see what happened. I need the behind the scenes video. Cause you know, someone was recording somewhere in that auditorium. I need to know, you know, did she say something? Did he ask her a question and then she responded, you know, what was the trigger? Because you don't go from hundred percent her. Well, yes, but, but like, what, what was her reaction to him to set that off? It wasn't just, it wasn't just him looking at her or her looking at him and going, or him looking at her and going, Oh man, she's pissed. It was far more than that. And it may also been something that they were, you know, and we don't know, they may have been having conversations about shit like that, you know, between each other. Maybe, you know, for the last couple of days, you know, let's let's go based off of like, I'm going based off of what I know, because I I know she's cheated on him. Sure. Yeah, but sure. I had and he cheated on her. So, you know, that relationship was full of. of, Oh, no, he definitely cheated on her. That was (laughs) he's even said it. Look, that that relationship was full of very at various times both very powerful celebrities within the Hollywood community and who could get what they wanted when they wanted it. And I think being that famous and trying to be married is stupid. I think it's, uh, I mean, those relationships rarely, if ever, it doesn't even matter how famous you are. If you are a celebrity of any level, having a relationship is usually going to end in a negative, you know, ultimately and negatively. There are very few celebrity relationships that stand the test of time. So the last thing I'm going to say about this joke is he was. So here's where I see the part that this is not even bad. He compared her to Demi Moore in G.I.J. And yes, she shaved her head, but she made that look sexy as hell. So to me, to say G.I. Jane, too. Yeah, I get you're knocking that she's bald. However. Demi Moore in that movie revolutionized the way we look at women with shaved heads. I mean, she made it sexy and you don't see it often and no, you sure. shouldn't make some of somebody's illness. Exactly. And that's really what it comes down to. It's not so much that he made, you know, that he was trying to, that he made the comment and that it was related to the, that movie or related to, to anything else. It was the fact that it was related to something that she has no control over. Now, now on the flip some, side like, of it, on the flip side of it, she came out and, you know, has come out previously and said that she wanted to own this as being her thing, that she wasn't going to let this be a negative over her life. And, yeah. you know, her reaction to it tells me that she has not accepted the fact that this is just who she is and it's part of who she is. That to me, 
there's a a very much a vanity a level of vanity that is associated with that that for her that it is a a piece of her personality or a person uh, her persona that she has no control over and she doesn't get to control and because she doesn't control it as someone who appears to be very controlling from the outside looking in then you know it's something she doesn't have control over and so that's always going to set her off i mean it, it makes seems sense like- to me seems like she's a bit of a narcissist. And I, I will say this is the very last thing. Sure. I it don't seems believe to it. me, you know, how, how you said she said she's going to embrace it. And then she obviously has not. Is it even was that even the, 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 the gist of in the beginning? To me, it seems like, like a ploy, like a way to. Oh, here's a potential fan base. You, like, you I want see, to garner I see the sympathy, the sympathy vote, if you will, mm-hmm. not for voting purposes. Here's, a ta- here's an area. Here's a group of people. I think you have to be careful. I, I have friends that have had you know, various things throughout the years. And, and, you know, they never went into it with the intent of garnering sympathy from people or anything like that, but they always had a good heart or a good intent. I'm going to own this. I've got cancer. I'm going to own it. You know, I've known plenty of people that way. I'm going to own this, you know, own this and I'm going to, you know, and they beat it. And then they go back to the same life that they had before. They, they, you know, they're, they're out, literally seen this happen they're out making fun of people that had cancer you know that had cancer that have lost their hair say i've seen it happen and yeah. so I've, you know I've, there's comedians i've seen on netflix specials that do it absolutely so i mean it's just i think you have to be very careful and you know this is one of those situations where there's a lot of inside information that we're just never going to get it's never going to become public and it's between two men to figure it out and deal with it i think the fact that the academy is like oh we, you know, we, we don't condone, condone the action and we're looking into further potential punishment or, you know, whatever that's bullshit. I, yeah. you know, look, the Academy is half and more than half freaking, you know, middle-aged white directors that, that absolutely have no business making assumptions as to what was going on. Um, you know, needless to say, not making comments either. And there's just, a, there's just this part of it that, that we just will never understand or never know from our perspective. You know, and we're average people that have no idea the lives and, and the scrutiny and, and the pressure and the weight of all of that, that these, you know, that these three people in, in particular live with. I mean, yeah. you know, the fact we can call you can talk about Will doing this all you want. Look, a lot of this, you got to take a step back and you got to look at the pictures that are out there after the fact that he did it. I don't think it was just a realization. I think he knew going up there that it was going to cause something, you know, that it was going to be something. But I think he just yeah. felt like this was a complete bitch slap move to do on public tv not for not what he was doing but what chris rock did to his wife Un, you know whether it was intentional or not whether yeah. chris rock and chris rock has said he didn't know all right but I think we gotta go hard. we gotta move on from this well one. it's your fault you got me talking about it i just hate interrupting so so all right so we're gonna lighten the mood all right if you follow twitter you know that i did mushrooms for the first time in a long time over the weekend so we're going from will smith and chris rock to mushrooms my girlfriend has a camper. Her camper is painted like 1970s uh, shit you would have seen at Woodstock. It looks like a camper straight out of a Woodstock music video, like from 1969. So regardless of what we did, smoked weed, whatever, everybody's going to think it was us, which is fine because this was quite the interesting group of people. I mean, these people, they travel to these things and they dress up and they partake. And this is this like they live like it's 1200 for a few days. So. She asked me, did you want to do some mushrooms? And I said, sure. And she's so cute. She looks at me and she goes, well, 
I'm just worried that you won't handle them all. And I was like, sweetheart, I know that we've only just met, but promise you I, I'll be fine. So we took some mushrooms and Sean, have you ever done these? Nope. Rudy? Nope. All right. So then for my listeners out there that have never done these, let me explain something. There's a stigma that if you take a hallucinogen, you're going to see little green men or you're going to completely imagine shit that doesn't exist. You have to take a lot to get to that level. And that is not a level that I want to go to anymore. Never even been there, but you would have to do a lot of drugs, a lot. And LSD would be a must LSD and shrooms. And anyway, too many. So we took our shrooms and we went around the campground, which was fun. There's lots of light shows, lots of, lots of funny things to see. And, uh, we decided this was not bright. We decided, Hey, let's do shrooms during the day and then go into the festival. Dude, it was fucking hard. It was like a difficult walk. It was a difficult time to get through there. Uh, I knew what was real and like what wasn't and all that. It's just, it makes you a little bit paranoid. So I was like a little bit paranoid. I had a blast, but a little bit of paranoia. And if you've never done shrooms, uh, eat like two, eat one. And then an hour later, eat another one. And you might not even feel anything, but they're totally, they're not, they're not a bad thing. They come from the ground or cow shit. That's how they, that's how they grow. But there's other ways to grow them now. So one of the hot topics, Rudy, we'll start with you since you're here now. And I know how Sean feels is starting Thor or Sebastian. How do we feel? Because I got a couple of questions that asked us, you know, Thor versus Sebastian, who would you, who would you pick? Do you think Thor will score first? You know, things like that. So Rudy, in your opinion, and I think you guys covered, I think we've all covered this at least once. So we're going to do this quickly. Do you think Thor will score before Sebastian Ferreira? I said it the way you say it, Rudy. Go ahead. <laughs> Sebastian Ferreira or Ferrari. I mean, it all works, right? But hey, uh, when it goes to that, me and, you know, looking at the games, I definitely think that Thor just comes in, you know, guns blazing, ready to score, and he has nothing to lose compared to, you know, the most expensive transfer we've ever done in club history, man. The pressure is getting to him. Um, going into Inter-Miami, I think this may be a good uh, road win for us. You know, I think this is has to be a win for us uh, with the amount of time that Paulo has – you know, the team prepared, uh, they've looked good against good competition. So hopefully playing against a very poor Inter-Miami, uh, we can see Sebastian score. He got the start tonight. I don't know if you guys saw, but, you know, he's playing. He hit um, the post. Oh, he hit the post? Okay. Hit the post. Yeah, so he, he uh, you know, playing for Paraguay, getting that senior cap. I apologize if you hear my daughter, like, yelling out of the top of her lungs. But, uh, um, yeah, so – you know, getting that that confidence boost, I think it's going to help him coming back into it, um, going against Inter Miami. But if he doesn't score, you know, he's been losing minutes. He played only 60 minutes the last match, and and Thor paint, playing 30 got a couple of nice shots on target. You know, the kid is not yeah. afraid to score. So with that, you know, if he doesn't score against Inter Miami, and that is Seva sound that I'm talking about, Thor probably will capitalize, man. You know, when, when you said you apologize for uh, your daughter yelling in the background, I immediately went back to when I asked you the question about human trafficking. And in my mind, I was like, <laughs> it's not it's not Rudy's daughter. He's got fucking people there. He's a coyote for real. 
especially when I tell you, like, there's a lot of Mexicans in my house. Yeah. Well, didn't you say that most of them left, right? Most of the in-laws left? Yeah, they left already. But there is a lot of Mexicans. I am familiar with the culture. My 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 daughter's mom is half Mexican. And uh, the, dude, my favorite thing about her family was there was always a guy. Whatever you needed done, always a guy. We had a guy for meat. We had a guy who would fucking steal meat, like pallets full of meat. The Mexican hookup, man. It's a dude, real thing. It's the People best. don't believe it. Yes. And like if something breaks, there's not just like one person. Like I have a friend. I have a white friend who can fix things. Okay. But when her and I were together, we had like a fucking work crew, like foreman and all. We had a dude in charge. We had guys that knew what they were doing. Me, this my buddy's like, I think I can do it, which is how I do it. I, I YouTube things, but man, that was that was the best. Yeah. So Sean, who do you think is gonna store, score first? Thor or Ferrari? Uh Thor. I think so fucking too. I think Thor is going to score before Fedeta, which which kills me. John, I knew, I knew you were going to say Thor. Uh, I want him to score, but he's just, he doesn't look, he doesn't look like he fits with the, I don't know, the pace. He doesn't move very well off the ball. I don't know if you guys have watched that, but off the ball, he's, he's kind of stagnant. He wants it to come to him. So moving on, Hector Herrera has become a regular starter for Atletico Madrid, and he had an assist in the Mexican team, for the Mexican game against, was that Honduras? Right? Yes. So, Sean, when her, when Herrera comes in, I can't believe I'm saying that, it's for real. When Hector Herrera comes in, who are the two you're pairing him with in midfield? And this is a listener question, and the, the, the thing behind this question is we still lack creativity, even though Quintero has been playing very well. So, who in our midfield? What other two guys are you pairing him with, Sean? Sean. Coco and Darwin Quintero. Noveda? Noveda. So where are you playing him? Where are you playing him? I'm playing him as a as a uh, uh, as an eight. In the middle? Yeah. So you're playing, you're kind of replacing Veda with him. Yeah, essentially, right? yeah, more or less. Okay. Okay, Rudy, what about you? Who do you pair him with in the middle? Well, I'm a believer that now that Panama's out of the World Cup, I think Coco may go back to Europe. Um, you know, it, it probably is what he wants to do, especially now that it really doesn't matter if he's in form or not for uh, the fall. So I think uh, Hector Herrera, basically, it's, you know, a substitute for uh, the Panamanian. So... I would probably see Beta, uh, yeah, Mati Beta playing still, and I would pair Herrera and Darwin Quintero next to each other. Man, I don't think I don't think Coco's. I don't want him to go. He's finally starting to look like the player I, we thought. I he think could none be. of us want us to go, but you know, it's a topic that that it does make sense. I think it made a lot of sense that he he was getting a ton of playing time. He was looking good. Uh, Panama was close to qualifying, and I think if they would have qualified, I, I would have seen him staying just, you know, just because uh, he would be getting that playing time and he wouldn't be starting over uh, whether he went to um, Cartagena or if he went elsewhere in Europe. Sean, do you think Coco's going to stay? I do. He loves it here. He loves the team, loves the organization. I I think I think he's going to stay. And because of that, I'm going to pair Herrera with Matias Veda 
and Coco. And I, it sounds so uncreative. No, I think that's the way. If if Coco stays, I think I, I'm with you on that, Finn. I think that's what your midfield would probably look like if he does stay. Because, I mean, we can we can always take Veda off, put Quintero on, Quintero on and move Herrera into that, that eight slot like Sean wants. I think the, having Quintero off the bench creates a lot of options. You know, and this second part of this question is, do you think we will get a number 10 very soon? And Sean, we're going to go with you first because you've already answered this. No, I do not. Yeah. Well, Sean, you're very quick on the answers right now. You're right. <laughs> Everything okay? Good. Great. I'm fine. He's Just never sad. fucking, what's going on? What happened? Is your dog got to go out? No, dog's fine. I don't, I, I don't think we're going to get one either. I think the moves right now for the foreseeable future are done. We got Tiago. We did the thing with Chris Durkin, and then we now have seven. Is it seven hundred thousand in general allocation? We have more than we had before. I don't know yeah, if anybody we're up to like five hundred or six hundred somewhere around there. Yeah, and they he asks um, somebody says, "Do you think that they're using the GAM? They're going to use that to pay off Coco's release clause transfer fee." What do you think, Sean? No, I don't. Would you like to elaborate? Uh, sure. I believe that they are going to sign Diego Linus. Ooh. Oh, that would be so hot. That would I believe that's why you make those types of moves ahead of bringing in HH. You can pay down, uh, you can pay down Hadebi and get him below the threshold and bring in Linus on a, you know, fairly cheap overall wage contract. Oh, that would be so, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. So what do you think, Rudy? Do you think that we're working to pay off Coco's release clause? I mean, the last time we saw it wasn't Real Madrid was trying to get Coco in. The transfer fee was about 7 million or so by the club. That was before he got sat by the replacement coach. Right. And when you see transfer market, I don't think he's even worth like a million right now uh, in value. So that could be a possibility, but I, I'm kind of with Sean. I'm not a big Diego Linus uh, fan, um, but in this team, I think he would be a good, you know, winger um, for for what we have. And now we're running out of, you know, there's only two a left and a and a right wing that we can play, obviously. And we, I feel like we have a ton of those uh, currently sitting in our bench. Yeah, I think if you brought in a winger like that, you can move Baird as a as a third striker, a third option up top, even though he said two of the worst games we've seen in quite some time. So Chris Durkin, we traded that, that allocation slot move away for $350,000. Sean, we talked about this before, but nobody heard it. So would you have kept Durkin or traded him? I would have traded him. All right. So you agree with Pat on step. I do. Rudy, what about you? Keep or trade Chris Durkin. Oh, I mean, I think the smart move is to make money out of that, right? So Pat Onset did the right thing. It's a DC guy that probably wanted to go back to DC, and it was a no-brainer to get some money out of it. Um, not really, you know, not like I follow uh, Durkin much, but I, he may not have been a good fit, so it, it made sense to get rid of him. Yeah, I think he would have ended up, if we had kept him, then he would have moved somebody like Matias Veda to the bench and. I think Veda's, I think he's got a higher upside. Well, I don't know. Durkin's quite young. Was he 22? Veda's 24. 
but he's Argentinian. So, oh, we're, we're moving quick now. We might actually do this in an hour. So here's a question from Doggo that I forgot last week that, uh, John, I think you answered this on your show, if I'm not mistaken. Did, did, yeah, we did. did. You, we answered did, it on the show. You guys answered it. So, Rudy, Doggo asked, which players on the Dynamo roster would you pick in a bar fight? Who would you take with you to a bar fight? We answered that same question in our show, man. The Doggo is just recycling these questions or what? Shit. Well, now <laughs> I just admitted I didn't listen to that show. <laughs> that's even better. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the best part of this part. I should have I should have led with it. I should have. Well, I mean, here, did, did, here you yes. go, real quick, because you asked. Matthias Vera is twenty six. Ah oh, man. Well, then I've been okay with keeping Durkin, but he doesn't bring anything to the team as far as notoriety or fans. And what what we need is a monetary improvement because you put asses in the seats and you're going to make more money. So then I will answer the question that I have not answered over two weeks. Uh, I would take Tim Parker, Steve Clark, and Darwin Saran. I think um, I think the question though that we ended up flipping was who would you not take to that bar fight? Ooh, um, I'm not taking Corey Baird. I'm not taking Adam Lundquist, and I'm yeah. not I'm not taking. Sam Jones. Zarek Valen- oh, I'm not taking Zarek Valentine. He was, yeah, he was, he was on my mind. Uh, he, he, you know, love him to death, but uh, that man does not have an evil bone in his body. Same thing right, with so- Adam. I feel like he'd be the one trying to hug it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, hey, my third, my third would be Memo. I would not take Memo to a bar fight. Yeah, I don't know. Memo, Memo, Memo doesn't have. Memo just doesn't have. See, another <laughs> one was Thor because I feel like he'll be the one starting the fight. Yeah, he'll start it and turn around I, and get knocked down. I first. will say this: I think y'all are underestimating the quality in a bar fight of a Fafa Pico. Oh no, no them fast. Fafa Pico's got that French fire, man. Yeah, look out! Look out. Right. So, so let's build off this question: If you had to pick one player on the Dynamo on the current roster, right? That we know, don't be like you know. Uh, Juan Castillo, because he's 16. On the current roster, if you looked at him and said, I could kick his ass, which player on the Dynamo roster do you think you might be able to beat in a fight? Rudy, you can go first. Man, I'm trying to think, you know, who's smaller than me. Um, That's why why I picked you first. Maybe I think I'm going to go with Pasher. Tyler Pasher. So I don't know with, that, with the Canadian, huh? Which yeah, dude. he's too nice. You know, maybe he just gets slapped like Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, <laughs> and that ends the fight. You know, that's going to be fun to edit too. All that parts that get cut out, uh, dude. I, I don't know Ty, something about Tyler Pasher's face. Like I look at him and I think like, if anybody on this team is the plug for the team, the drug dealer, I think it's Tyler Pasher. I also picked him in my human trafficking segment. Something about the way Tyler looks just makes me think like I don't I don't really want to fuck with him. <laughs> I I would I would much rather fight. Fuck, Corey Baird. I'd fight Corey Baird, which is, is horrible to say, but he just I I don't know he doesn't look scary. And he's from California, and those people are really nice usually. So that. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. We can go back through, but 
man anything you guys want to talk about before we we shut this down this show that ended with a fucking break in the middle again <laughs> yeah no right i apologize for man I, I really wanted to jump in and then i got here a little later than i wanted to man actually your timing was just about perfect because it's right where finn had to cut anyways that's Dude, true I think, I think that because you think you i messed it up i think so but i i was i heard y'all talk for like five minutes without interruption and then out of nowhere I yeah, just don't no, want to. Bl- it was, it was I don't want to blame my Wi-Fi. Then it yeah, was just me. He, he me sat and there Sean. talking it up. He talked it up for like forever before the show. I think it's it only like, yeah. Talk. We'll see. You're gonna have problems, and then showing up, it went down. Boom. It worked fine. It worked fine last week with uh with Colin. Man, but yeah, this fucking internet, it's ridiculous. But you know what? I, I'm trying to actually buy a house, so I won't have to share my signal with like 40 friggin' people. However, I feel it, that. I feel that buying buying a house right now is absolutely ridiculous and bonkers yeah they are gone in like a day or two yep and the only ones that stick around are ones with roof or foundation issues it's fucking crazy oh my god and so i went and did my mortgage application through the va and i went through one of these big companies that specializes in va loans and they assigned me a realtor and this guy was such a fucking douchebag (laughs) all this guy did all he did okay number one this is I don't, if you're a professional, I, fuck, there's no way I can say this. I sound like a dick. I think if you keep the M, the Y at the end of a name, like Willie, instead of William, when you're older, to me, that raises my eyebrow. Like, I wonder if your name is not legally Willie, why are you, if you're William still going by Willie or Timmy, right? So he had one of those names. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, so this guy already has a name that makes me raise an eyebrow. And all this fucking guy would talk about is how many houses he sold. And I'm like, bitch, I don't care. I don't care how many houses you've sold or closed or how many loans you have under contract. What I care about is finding a fucking house that doesn't need a new roof or have $4,000 worth of trees hanging over it. So he was such a dick. He fucking LOL'd me. This guy would text me and he LOL'd me in one of them because I misread a text and I called my loan officer and not the title company. This fucking guy LOL'd me. So I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going gonna to go find somebody else. I don't like you. He's like, what did I do? And that was it. Like, no explanation. Thank you. I, I was polite about it. I said, thank you. I appreciate your help. We're going a different direction. Take care. But dude, like, don't LOL your fucking clients. So Finn, only- is your podcast, is Houston Dynapod really more of a ther- Finn therapy session every week? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. If you, if you listen curious. to the, if you listen to the solo shows, it, that's, that's what this started as. I tend not to listen to the solo shows. I'll be honest. Yeah, they're. Well, because you're not on them. You're like me. If I'm not on it, it's hard for me to listen. Yeah, I have a limited amount of time every week, too. Yeah, dude. I'm not like when people like, they think like that. I just watch soccer. It's like, no, like I work. I have kids like I have shit. I do like this is I was have my- a life outside of this. What? That's not, not allowed. You can't be a podcaster and have a real life. I know. <laughs> can't be a good one and have a real life, I guess. I don't know. But Rudy, Mr. 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 Punctual. Punctual, Rudy. Rudy, why don't you go ahead and plug your show real quick? Your- I thought this was uh, the doctor, or is it Professor and Picasso show? Oh, man. Picasso, Picasso, Professor and the Prick. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so you asked me to plug my show. Okay. I did. Uh, if you want, perfect. Yeah, no. Uh, you can check us out at Dynamo Theory. Um, we do a, I pretty much a weekly podcast now that releases usually on Wednesdays. Um, we are actually recording tomorrow, man. Finn, 
we ended up doing something else later today but um check us out pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts uh again dynamo theory uh and you can check out our website too. try to keep as much articles going and dynamotheory.com which i know sean used to be a part of as well so um it's fun man thanks for the invite i, I apologize for being a little later than i yeah. wanted to rudy's rudy's sneaky as fuck because in I, I think that rudy was like you know what i want to hop on the last 20 minutes so i can get my plug in <laughs> and i can go out there and I, I can poach a couple of his listeners and bring them over to me that would be all your listeners you know what my listener numbers are actually like <laughs> they're not bad yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it's actually you know when know. they say when they say it does your mom and your friends only listen to well my mom doesn't even listen to it so it doesn't really matter uh, preach Dude, preach my, my mom has listened to it and she was like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> and i was like don't mom why are you listening Just fucking stop i was like first of all none of that shit's true it's it's most of it's fucking all true um they were immediately regretting that one time they were you probably choking on something and they saved you huh well that was when i was drowning i was drowning in a pool once and they couldn't decide whether their beer was more important or the life of their son that actually fucking happened um no my parents are good parents though. they're good people like they wouldn't have let me all all, all the way drown <laughs> just, my dad, just a tad to mess yeah. you up a little bit well my dad never misses a fucking moment to be like you know not enough creative. for actually any like brain trauma just enough to scare you into submission right yeah and just enough for my father to work on his cpr methods you mm-hmm. know just just enough <laughs> hey so people need practice man that's how they keep your life so now that rudy now that you're like you know sports book nation all that do you need to ask permission to come on a shitty show like this one Oh man, this is a great show. I listen to it all the time. Oh, you're that's, sweet. That's facts. Well, Sean, my 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 buddy was here quite often. It's your turn for your plug again. Uh yeah, I guess I'll actually plug the show for a change. Uh so you can check us out on Twitter at Gen Orange Radio and tw- uh, check us out on Twitch on Wednesdays, 7:30 to 9 Central. Uh, at twitch.tv slash generation orange yeah i um you guys dude my, with my personal life the way it is now you are you guys host all your stuff like on the night that i'm out like the one night where i can go out and like see my girlfriend or go out and do something with my friends like that's that's the night which sucks but i usually catch the tail end of it when i'm done yeah you, you catch the gen orange after dark segments it's all good yeah those are those are a little more wild than the regular ones. Do you have any guests coming on or any your co-host? Did you get one? Is that <laughs> no, something you know? I haven't got the co-host yet. I'm still working on that. Uh, no. So uh, Dynamo Insider was supposed to come on last week and then Mark bailed on me because of the uh, the Club America and Tigris match. So I was like, well, crap. And I couldn't. And uh, Insider was only going to be on for like a segment, not the whole show. So I couldn't just do like a 30 minute show. Uh, so we ended up postponing that one. Uh, it'll happen at some other point, but, uh, yeah, still looking for a co-host. So if this goes out and somebody happens to be listening and they're like, Oh, I'd love to co-host hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> you know, you know who I'm trying to get, I, I've I messaged him on Reddit and I haven't been back on in a week to check cause I don't fucking go there anymore. Is that weed man? Have you guys seen this guy's fucking posts? Boy, that, so you're trying to get Stephen A. Smith, you know, the weed smoker version of Stephen A. Smith on your show. I want to hear what he's got to say. He's got a creative mind. Yeah, Some of the things he comes right. up with. He's got he's, something all right. He might. I mean, does anybody know who he actually is? No. I mean, I, I still think he's your alternate, you know, your, your, uh, alter, well, alter ego. Yeah. Alter I've been asked ego, that. Thank you. Yeah. Is that you? No. I, I thought Finister was his alter ego. 
<laughs> Finister was the name my mom gave me as a young boy. But yeah, like uh, I've been asked, like, are you are you him? No, I'm not. Like I'm Houston Dinopod. I'm I'm not weed man, but I do want to talk to him. Like I want to see. You know, I don't have to release the episode. I could just record it and then see how it goes. But I think he might have one of those weird minds that I have, which who to I'm telling you, if you get someone like me with me, some weird shit will happen. It's gonna be like an eight-hour episode, man. No, I'm only I'm about to cut and, off and his he would forget the entire thing, like forget to record it <laughs> accidentally. Dude. No, this I, uh, is this is the kicker. The internet will go out and they'll keep talking for the, eight yeah, hours. Yeah, they wouldn't and even know like, it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh man, that was such a great conversation. Oh shit, it wasn't recording the whole time. Crap. <laughs> you know, even though I smoke quite a bit of weed, I'm actually like I function. Sure. I, sure. I got my master's degree, like smoking weed every day. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I think he might sure. Be, what was it in psychology? Uh no. It was not. Although, no, there's there's aspects of it. It was a uh, uh, women's liberal studies. Is that what they call it? You know, speaking of women, <laughs> speaking of women, you just um, opened a can of worms right here, bro. I I was I mean, so it's happy. Finister. I could have said anything and it would have opened the can of worms. I was so happy in their little uh, what is it? F- table soccer game that Maria beat Darwin. I don't know if that if that actually happened or if you know they, they were playing. I wanted I wanted Quintero like immediately traded for losing. I don't know. Nah, oh, I don't. I I'm don't. kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. Like when I saw him, I was like, "There's no way Cantero should lose this." But then it, I was like, "Oh well, good for fucking her. Like that's good. I'm, I'm, that's yeah. happy. That makes me happy." No, she's good. She is. She is very she good. Is. She's very good. Yeah, she's, she's got a lot of you know. She brings a lot to the table. She's got some really good quality assets that she brings with her from Mexico. You know. Yeah, and I bet you she has more than just one guy as well. She's probably got a flock. God, I don't know, man. There, there's, there's downfalls to for everybody, but man, I really wish that I had a guy to do things for me all the time. Wait a minute. <laughs> On that you know note, what? <laughs> fuck it, fuck it. You know what? I wish I had a guy to do things for me all the time. At least somebody would be there to do things for me all the time. Uh-huh. My lazy ass. Uh-huh. But boys and girls, that that really is it. That's the official end of the Houston Dynapod podcast. I'm your host, Finister. Thank you again to Rudy. And Sean, I'm sure you guys will be back on at some point. As always, go Dynamo. Albert Felice is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, Felice with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.